Welcome to First Baptist Church, Bay St. Louis. The faith of a centurion. Luke chapter 7. We're going to look at the first 10 verses. Uh, we'd like to give a special shout out. I think you may have just walked out to whoever helped us get the computer going. I think that was Adam Blair, uh, a few other people. We had to call in the big guns today uh, during the first service. So, but it's all a reminder that if we're not in tune with the Lord, if we're not connected to the King, then we're going to be in disarray. Did, did our, just like the projector screens, you know, there's a bug going on. There's uh, something, and we're about ready to throw it out, throw out that computer and buy a new one. So if you want to donate to that, be glad to receive that at the end of the service. Before we get into uh, Luke chapter 7, on behalf of this great Memorial Day, I'd like to ask you to stand if you are a veteran or have maybe a current military member serving in our armed forces of any kind. I'd like to ask you to stand so we can recognize you. We'd like to say today, from all of us, thank you. Thank you. The eagle still flies. And the kingdom of God's on the move. I love America. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. I I want to say this also. For the believer... Our love for the Lord and His kingdom should be way more than our love for country. And I hope that's true for your life today. You can do both. But it shouldn't be close. God's kingdom endures forever. And He has had His hand on our nation, I believe, for the proclamation of the gospel to all nations. But at any moment, the Lord could take His hand off if we do not repent in the coming days. Luke chapter 7. Before we read these verses, one more thing I'd like to say. You may wonder, why do I need to pay attention right now? Like, why, why do I need to focus? Why do I need to stop being concerned about if I've got all the stuff out of my yard so it doesn't float away in a few days, or tonight, or tomorrow, or whatever? But why should I focus my attention here now? I'd like to tell you. Because we're about to talk about faith. And faith is essential for becoming a Christian. It's also essential for Christian living. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Let me say that again. Without faith, it is impossible to to please God. So that's why it's important for you to tune in right now. Faith gets us into the kingdom, and faith is the most important tool in helping us to advance God's kingdom. Give you some context. We're here in Luke chapter 7. Jesus is coming to, he's come to Capernaum, which is the north side of the sea of Galilee. It's a little town on the north shore. If the Bay of St. Louis is the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum is Diamond Head. That helps you kind of get a mental picture. 
And so Jesus shows up, and there's a man, and he's a centurion. What's a centurion? A centurion is a commander of a hundred men, one hundred men. A Roman centurion, they were known as the backbone of the Roman army. A Roman centurion, whenever he retired, he had a nice pension. He had a special passport that he could go from state to state all throughout the Roman Empire. He didn't have to pay a fee when he crossed the border. He had special access, special privileges. Becoming a centurion gained a man notoriety for a lifetime. But receiving Jesus today gives a man eternal life. So let's tune in to Luke chapter 7. We're going to read the first 10 verses. If you're with me, say Alberto. All right, verse 1. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus... He sent him to the elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. And he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I, too, am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. He was healed completely. Today I want to tell you about the faith of a centurion. First we see that it is, (coughs) excuse me, It is a faith that bothered for a friend. So if you're taking some mental notes or writing down some things, number one, faith of a centurion. First we see that it is a faith that bothered for a friend. The word bothered means to take trouble to do something. So the centurion went out of his way 
to help a man who really couldn't pay him back. There was really not a whole lot in it for the centurion. He just cared about him. Notice verse 2. It says he had a servant who was sick at the point of death who was, who was highly valued by him. It means that he greatly loved him. He cared about him. When was the last time that you and I, maybe this past week, we took the trouble out of our day, out of our schedule, out of our routine, and it was our faith that caused us to be bothered for a friend. Maybe a friend that could not do anything for you in return. That's the kind of faith that the centurion had. Missionary Tom Thurman from Mississippi. He'd been serving in Bangladesh for 11 years. William Carey went to the Bengali people, East Pakistan, a long time ago. And since that time, it's been a difficult mission field, which is now modern-day Bangladesh. Very unrich. Today, still, there's a people group today with over 100 million people. Unreached. Tom Thurman, for 11 years, he said, Lord, maybe this was a mistake. You brought us here. We're trying all we can do. Maybe it's because, you know, we're from the South. Or maybe it's because we weren't educated right. Or maybe because of this or because of that. Every once in a while, they'd see one person coming to the Lord, so they just praise God for that. But still, I mean, the, the, the vast darkness, they weren't even penetrating the, the darkness with the light. It felt like failures. After 11 years... Finally, one day, he was riding in a rickshaw. It's a tricycle taxi, and he was riding down the road, and he did what he had done over a hundred times before. He stopped and picked up a man on the side of the road and let him ride into the rickshaw. And for five minutes, he shared the gospel. A few weeks later, this man writes Tom, visits his house. Long story short, Tom leads him to the Lord. This man named Abdul. Leads him to the Lord and begins to disciple him. Abdul begins to pray for his father, for his brothers, for his family to come and know Jesus. After much prayer, Abdul led his, his father and his brothers to the Lord. And here's what happened the rest of the story. You ready for this? In the coming years, today, the IMB traces back to this one man coming to the Lord, Abdul. It's documented that over 500,000 people have come to know Christ. I'm going to say that again. 500,000 people. Because he was bothered. His faith caused him to be bothered for another man who really couldn't do anything for him in return. 500,000 people, 500,000 baptisms that they have traced back with this movement of God that started with Abdul. Friend, God takes our little bit and can make a lot. And today, maybe you've forgotten that. Friend, I hope that through God's Word, you'll see that Jesus is alive and powerful and can do anything He wants to do. Next, we see that the centurion had a faith that beloved God's people. Beloved God's people. Beloved means a dearly loved. It means dear to the heart. Look at verse 5. Actually, look at verse 4. 
When they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. He loves our nation. The centurion understood that salvation is from the Jews through Christ, and he was thankful. And he loved God's people. This morning, do you love God's people? Really? I mean, do you have great affection in your heart for the the people of God? Really? No matter what's wrong with them, the church is filled with sheep. Do you love God's people this morning? The centurion, he did. That great hospital ministry, St. Jude. You guys heard of St. Jude? I believe many of those people are God's people. They're doing the work of the Lord, hands and feet of Jesus, week in and week out, day and night. We were serving in Memphis. I would go to that hospital. Man, you could just feel the Holy Spirit in the hallways. My dear friend Barrett Bowden was in my preaching class with me. We went through seminary together. He graduated at the same time. Our favorite professor, or my favorite professor, was Dr. Jeff Bronner. Dr. Bronner served in Brazil for many years with IMB, but he decided to plant a church. He said, where in the Memphis community is totally unreached? And he decided to go to Mud Island. Anybody ever been to Mud Island? It is a swanky neighborhood. It is a very nice place. It's awesome. It's great. Great place. Great date night if you ever go to Memphis. I'm serious. We need to loosen up. You're like, for real? Yes, I'm serious. Dr. Bronner went to Mud Island. Begin to knock on doors and just love people. Knock on doors, talk to them about the Lord, share the gospel. He took two seminary students with him and uh, sat there and showed them how to do it. And those three guys planted a church called Island Community Church. They didn't even have a building, just finally got a group, started out with one, two, three, and it grew. God began to add people, all different types of people. And then they started, they said, you know what, we're going to not get so busy that we have time to actually invite people to church and invite people to Jesus. Well, isn't that a crazy thing? Let's not busy up things so much that we actually have time to do ministry to reach people. So that's what they did. And they, they would serve all the time at St. Jude, loving God's people, helping God's people. And after a few years of that, you know what happened? The hospital came to the pastor's. Actually, before, before the hospital came to the pastor, Dr. Bronner one day said, okay, guys, I'm out. They said, what? He said, I'm gone. He said, you guys don't need me anymore. I've taught you how to do this. Go do it. They said, whoa, wait a second. We're not even graduated from seminary. He said, I don't care. You're ready. And so he just resigned, and, and there they were. These two young guys are pastoring this church, and it just started growing. And here's what St. Jude did. They gave them a multi-million dollar property in downtown Memphis. Just signed it over to them for like $1 because they recognized the ministry that that church had in the city. Primetime real estate in downtown Memphis. That's loving God's people. Do you love God's people? Do you serve God's people? Do you encourage God's people? 
When God's people see you coming, do they think, oh boy, here we go? Or do they think, man, I'm so glad to see that person. They have an encouragement on their tongue. They have a shimmer in their eyes. Believers should be the fragrance of Christ to one another. Next we see that the centurion had a faith that built God's kingdom. A faith that built God's kingdom. Verse 5, the end of it. He loves our nation and He is the one who built us our synagogue. Built us our synagogue. The centurion was a Roman soldier. Now, the Jewish people were constantly trying to overthrow Rome. All the time, there was just these skirmishes would pop up and they'd just stomp them out left and right all the time. And a lot of the Roman soldiers despised the Jewish people. Couldn't stand them. Didn't think nothing, just kill them. This centurion risked his reputation and even his life so that he could help build the synagogue there in Capernaum on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. He risked it all. The question is for us today, what have you risked lately? What have you and I risked to help build God's kingdom? What have you and I risked lately to help build, God, to help advance God's kingdom? There's a lot of ways to build the kingdom. And today in the, the New Covenant, it's not so much about building buildings. Ecclesia, the Greek word for church, not one time is it referring to a physical address or a building. Not once in the New Testament. It's always the body of Christ. So what are you and I doing to help build that body? What are you and I doing to help advance that body? It, it, what an example. Uh, who have you and I invited to church lately? Or who, who have uh, you and I invited to receive Jesus lately? That's what Christians do. That's what believers do. Not afraid to share about the Lord. I mean, if the Lord has set you free, if He's guaranteed eternal life in heaven, if He's given you a new heart and put His Spirit within you, how can you not help but want to build that kingdom? How can you be silent about the things that you have seen and heard? Do we spend more time trying to build our kingdom or God's kingdom? Only one of those is going to last. 100 years from now, on this earth, if the Lord tarries, nobody's going to be talking about you and me. No matter what you did, no matter if you won the Super Bowl or if you were the MVP of whatever, if you're the president, you're not, nobody's really going to talk about you day to day. So if you're putting all your eggs in this basket, in this life, friend, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. It could all wash away tomorrow. So may we invest in what matters. May we invest in the kingdom of God like this centurion. Lastly, we see that the centurion had a faith. He had a faith that believed in God's power. Do you believe in God's power today? 
His faith believed in God's power. Look at verse 6. Jesus went with them when he was not far from the house, and centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word. But say the word. You see, the centurion knew that all it took was one word from Jesus to make a difference in the life of a servant. But say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled. He turned and he told all his followers. He said, I haven't found anyone in all of Israel with faith like this kind of faith do you have this morning? Do you believe in God's power? There's a lot of churches, a lot of denominations that just believe that all the incredible things we saw in the New Testament just stops right there. It just stops. Now there are some things that stopped. I mean, Things like the, the apostles doing certain things. I mean, some, a lot of that has stopped. But friend, nowhere, nowhere in the New Testament did the Lord say, I'm going to stop doing miracles. No, not one place does it say that Jesus can't still heal the blind. Not one place does it say that Jesus cannot bring dead people back from the grave alive. The problem is many of us stopped believing. And how that must offend the Creator of all the world. Our lack of faith. God doesn't have to use our faith before He acts, but oftentimes He chooses to wait for somebody somewhere in the house to have a little bit of faith. Not a lot, just a little bit, the size of a mustard seed. Chinese pastor, Brother Yoon, was arrested in China over 30 different times. He spent many stints in prison for preaching the gospel. In May of 1997, he was arrested for trying to unify the house church denominations in China. This move made the Chinese government very nervous. So they arrested him. And the judge said, You delinquent, I'm going to break your legs permanently so you will never escape again. And that's what they did. They beat his legs in prison with a baton. His his legs were black and blue. He had to be carried every day. He had to be carried by three prison guards anytime he was transported in the prison. He was in the Zingzu Maximum Security Prison, which no one had ever escaped before. He became known in the prison as the crazy cripple because he couldn't really walk. Sometimes he would have to crawl, but he never stopped talking about the Lord, never stopped sharing the gospel. 
All the while, his family was praying. Praying that the gospel would go forth in the prison. Praying that God would protect Brother Yoon. And praying that Yoon could escape if it's God's will. May 5th, 1997. The Holy Spirit whispered to Yoon, get up and start walking. His legs are broken. But he gets up and he starts walking. Another pastor in there said, Yoon, today's the day you will escape. Yoon began to walk and he went down three floors, each floor heavily guarded with a locked gate. And every time he came to a gate, it was either unlocked or wide open. You see, God opens the door. And he walked down all three floors. Sometimes guards were distracted by a telephone call. Sometimes the guards, one guard looked straight at him, didn't even see him. He walks across the courtyard. By this point, all the prisoners are looking out their window, out of their cell window. And they see Yoon walk. Is that Yoon walking across the courtyard? Yes, that's Yoon. He walks all the way across it. There's a huge gate. Steel gate that's still there today. You can go look at it if you want to. And it's in China. And it opened up. And he walks out and the taxi pulls up right there. He gets in the taxi. They go to a house where the underground church was praying. He knocks on the door. Young girl. Peeks through the door. Hey, this is you. She laughs. Doesn't open the door. Similar to a story in the New Testament to Peter. He knocks on the door. It's me, it's you. This story was all over the news in China. All over the news. Escape pastor. Helicopters, police cars, army vehicles. They blocked off every road. 1997, May 5th. A severe thunderstorm blew, came up. So torrential downpour washed away all the scent for the dogs. They couldn't find them. And he rode out of that town on a bicycle, Brother Yoon. Many people have tried to disprove this story. But the problem is you can go interview the prison guards who were fired because this happened today. Also, there are many, many prisoners who were eyewitnesses that you can go talk to them. Here's the point. Jesus has power to heal the sick. Jesus has power to do whatever He wants to do. Jesus has power His supreme authority to work in your life and through your life. And the question is today, are we tuned in with Him to where we get to experience and see that kind of power? Or are we going to try to do everything on our own strength and never tap into His power? So what's your faith look like today? May our faith be a faith that bothered for a friend. May our faith be a faith that beloved God's people. May our faith be a faith that helped to build God's kingdom. And lastly, may our faith be a faith that believes in the power of the Lord. What about you? We have a lot of ways. You'll notice in your bulletin, there's two new ways to serve. 
coming up. We're going to start a welcome screen, uh, screen, a welcome team, new welcome team, really from scratch. Anybody can be a part of it. People that served in that way before or people that's never even thought about it. If you have a gift of talking to people and you're approachable, we'd love for you to pray about serving on that team. There's an interest meeting in the worship guide. Another way you can serve on our production team. If you like computers, if you're good at that, we need an army of people to help us in that area. If you love sound booth, if you have an experience, maybe uh, working a sound board of any kind, we have an interest meeting for those two things on serving the production team. We need people to step up and say, here I am, send me. I want to help build God's kingdom. I want to help advance God's work here in the Bay. Many other ways to serve. What's most importantly is the serving that goes on outside of these walls during the week. That's where the magic happens. That's where God's working and changing lives. So may our faith be a faith that when people look at our life, they say, man, I believe that person actually believes in the Lord. They believe He's real. They believe He sent His Son to die for the whole world. Let's pray.